We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's hour number three and up day. Home and home, a radio.com sports original. Download the free app. Tell your friends. Also subscribe to Home and Home on iTunes. Give us a little rating. Home and Home brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. No doubt the smartest way to hire. It's October. You can smell it. It's fall. The trees are turning. It just feels like sports outside. College football hitting up. The NFL hockey is back. And the Major League Baseball postseason started with a bang last night. The Washington Nationals, a dramatic win over the Milwaukee Brewers. Let's talk about the baseball postseason with Bob Nightingale, one of the best writers in this country when it comes to baseball. Bob, good to see you. Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker. Yeah, doing great. How about you guys? are psyched. Good to have you. Uh, I want to get into that game last night, but first I have to ask you about this. A man they call Mattress Mac placed a three and a half million dollar bet on the Houston Astros to win the World Series. Wise bet or wacky man? Wise bet. I mean, I think they're the heavy favorites right now. Hey, anything can happen in, in sports, right? Uh, particularly baseball postseason. But I like his odds. Uh, you know, if, if you could bet your mortgage, your car, you know, whatever, what have you, you, you would want to put in the Houston Astros. They're, they're going to be very, very tough to beat. Are they that, Bob, overwhelming of a favorite? They are. I mean, there's really no weaknesses on this team. I mean, when you have Justin Verlander, Hall of Famer, you know, and a uh, Garrett Cole, you know, it was almost like a co-Sai Young winner, be finished right behind Verlander. And other future Hall of Famer is Zach Greinke going one, two, three in a lineup that's as, uh, as deep as any team in all of baseball. A very good bullpen. Uh, they're going to be very, very tough to beat. All right, so the Washington Nationals get that dramatic win last night. Juan Soto, the game-winning hit, although it felt like the GOAT really was the story in there. Trent Grisham with what some call a Buckner-like error. Uh, was that the story for you, the error or the hit? And do the Nats have any chance against the Dodgers? Yeah, that was, uh, you know, grossly unfair, uh, you know, to call it Buckner-esque. I mean, even Buckner, <laughs> he was tied in the World Series. Who knows what happened? It was already a blown thing. Same thing in this case. Uh, single's going to score two. Hader was out of gas. So, you know, the likelihood or probably probability was that they're going to lose that game anyway. So I was just say, hey, Josh Hader didn't have his best stuff. Uh, you know, didn't have his best stuff last Saturday either. Cost him the division title when they lost the uh, game in, in Colorado against the Rockies. So, no, I'd probably pin this more on uh, on Josh Hader. We just had a little bit of an up-and-down season. Very good, but not Hader-esque as we saw a year ago. Uh, the Nationals are a very good team. When you can throw out you know, uh, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, one, two, three, 
that's the only team I think in the National League that can uh, that can possibly knock off the Dodgers. Uh, I don't see anybody else uh, doing it, but this is the one National League team that could. Bob, I'm curious. So I'm a Phillies fan, and we got Bryce Harper, and we didn't make the postseason. The Nats lost Bryce Harper. They did make the postseason. They're still going. Meanwhile, the Brewers went on this unbelievable run without Christian Yelich. Is there a lesson there? Is there something that I'm missing with these teams that have or don't have these big stars with these huge contracts, and it doesn't seem like it's having the intended or what you would think would be the impact? You need pitching, and uh, that's what Nationals did. They spent that money, $140 million to bring Patrick Corbin in. They knew they had the young outfielders to replace Harper. So, you know, you saw what, you know, Juan Soto did last night and, and all season long. Uh, the Brewers kind of mismatched with the uh, bullpen and everything else. They made it work. So you need pitching this time of season, you know, really all season. And I think that's why Philadelphia struggled so badly this year. They did not have that starting pitching. Uh, the bullpen went awry as well with a lot of injuries. So not Bryce Harper's fault. He had a very solid year, you know, played hard, you know, first pitch of the season. Last pitch of the uh, uh, game 162. So it's just they got to get some pitching. They got to do everything possible to get their hands on Garrett Cole in the offseason, you know, if, if they want to uh, win the NL East next year. Well, that was going to be my question, Bob, about the Phillies. And I, I think you just answered it there. It's the pitching. What are your thoughts on Kapler and Klentak? It sounds like change might be made today or not. Do you think that those guys were part of the problem or should be part of the solution? Yeah, I don't think they were the problem. My gut tells me Kapler stays, but it's only a gut. The only reason I say this is because Matt Klontak has said repeatedly he wants Kapler to stay. That was the guy he hired. He thought he did a good job considering everything else. If Kapler is fired, it's strictly owner John Milton's call. If it's owner John Milton's call, you know, it means Klentak could be on the, uh, will definitely be in the hot seat next year. So they don't want to make a move. I don't think uh, Madden, you know, would end up there anyway, if that's what they're uh, banking on. Certainly there's good managers out there, whether it's a Joe Girardi or a John Farrell, you know, Buck Showalter, John Gibbons. But uh, I, I think he stays, but it's a close call. Where's Joe Madden end up? I think he ends up with the Angels. I think the uh, the owner really, really wants him there. Well, we'll see. Uh, I don't rule out the pod race. I think he wants to go to Southern California. Uh, he spent 35 years at the Angels organization. Those are very well. The pod race, you know, are very attractive because they have a great farm system, young players. They really, you know, no pressure. They're, they're going to, uh, you know, win here in a couple of years. At least they should win. Where if you go to Philadelphia and New York, they're going to expect a World Series championship right away. You mentioned San Diego. Um, we're talking with Bob Nightingale, Radio.com Baseball Insider and USA Today Sports. So San Diego pays Manny Machado $300 million. We mentioned Bryce Harper, $330 million. Mike Trout, best player in baseball, has a $360 million deal. And the highest paid player per year, Nolan Arenado, the Rockies' uh, all-world third baseman. Of course, they also have in common that they're all four home for the postseason. Are those massive, long contracts to position players bad business? 
Well, it doesn't guarantee anything, that's for sure. I mean, you know, here's Mike Trout, been the best player in baseball for quite a while. Uh, he hasn't won a playoff game yet. Only been in the playoffs once since he's been there. You know, they're still locked into the Albert Pujols contract. Cincinnati Reds, you know, they're, they're kind of stuck with the uh, Joey Votto contract. But you're right, those don't seem to have paid off. But yet some of the pitchers ones have. I mean, you look at what John Lesser did for the Chicago Cubs, worth every penny and more. Max Scherzer with the uh, Washington Nationals, $200 million worth every penny. Uh, David Price helped lead the Boston Red Sox to World Series championship last year. He's the highest paid at 217. So it, it seems like the, uh, the pitching contracts, even though pitchers are more vulnerable to injuries, have worked out better than position player contracts. Bob, last one for me. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier in the show multiple times, really. I don't really watch much uh, regular season Major League Baseball. But when the playoffs come around, man, and every pitch matters, everything matters, it just, it's unbelievable. I think it's the starkest contrast of any of the sports, college hoops, NFL, college football, NBA. I just think the difference between regular season and postseason baseball is night and day. Is there anything they can do or should do to make the regular season spice it up, or should we just enjoy it for what it is and enjoy the contrast? I think enjoy it. And they've talked about going to 154 games. You know, the players don't want to give up that money. The owners certainly don't want to give up the money, TV TV rights and everything else. So I think one beauty about the 162 is there's no flukes. You're not going to be in the playoffs by accident. You know, you're going to have to grind and everything else. And the fun part about the the postseason is everything changes. We watched the Washington Nationals last night. There's no way in the world that Steven Strasburg would come into a game of relief in the regular season. And I'm, that's the first time it happened his entire career. Uh, so you're going to see more wacky things like that in the postseason where you got to win right now. People tr- change uh, strategy. It's not about the long haul. It's about the, the moment. So I think that's the beauty about the postseason that just changes everybody's thinking from what it was the first six months of the year. And the beauty of baseball, we're talking with Bob Nightingale, USA Today Sports, as well as Radio.com Baseball Insider. Tonight's game, Tampa Bay and Oakland, Rays and A's, the 30th and the 23rd highest payrolls in the major leagues. What does that say either about those franchises individually or about the competitive balance in the game? Well, certainly Major League Baseball loves that because they can show everybody, hey, you don't have to have a $200 million payroll, 240 to be in the playoffs. Look at these two teams. And it's not like just a one-year wonder. Oakland A's have been good for a while now. Same with the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, Oakland's in the same division with the Houston Astros. The Rays, of course, with, you know, with the Yankees and, and Red Sox. I think what it shows is that, hey, if you have a brilliant front office, you can make this thing work. And you can even sustain it as they've proven. So, you know, they should probably have a contest tonight before the game with the national TV audience saying, can you name five players on both teams combined? I'm not sure people can. Okay, so you said, uh, last question, you said the Astros are your favorite. Who will they play in the World Series? I think we're going to see a rematch of 2017. Astros over the Dodgers. I think Dodgers are clearly the best team in the National League. Uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, I just think the Nationals are the only team even capable of beating the Dodgers. 
And I, I just like Houston over the Yankees. I know uh, people fall in love with the Yankees offense and everything else, but just pitching is such a drastic uh, difference here. So I like, I like the Astros to beat the Dodgers. Astros, Dodgers, Bob Nightingale's prediction. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you. Enjoy the other wild card game and the next round. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Bob Nightingale. Good stuff from him on the Major League Baseball playoffs. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to switch back to the NFL, and I'm going to ask Ross Tucker, what in the world do the Minnesota Vikings do with their quarterback? Championship roster, not a championship quarterback. But first, hiring can be a challenge, as Quotable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience, invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones that's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. Results like that, no wonder. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is so effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. So what do you do if you are a company and you have a great sales staff, you have a terrific product, say you are Apple, say you are Pepsi, say you are Nike, whatever your company may be, but you don't have the man you need at the CEO position, doesn't matter what you have, doesn't matter how good the product is, you are not going to be a successful company. And that appears to be the case when you look down the road for the Minnesota Vikings a championship roster, a really high-quality defense, arguably the best running back in the league right now, Dalvin Cook, loaded at the wide receiver position, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, they've got it all, and then they've got Kirk Cousins at quarterback, a guy who played awfully well with the Washington Redskins for a couple of years, enough to get $84 million guaranteed dollars. They win a game in week one with just 10 Cousins passes. And then in week four, they fall to Chicago. He was just not good. So much so that Adam Thielen tried hard not to call him out. And then Cousins, well, had to offer up an apology this week. Yeah, and you know what, Dave? Man, I, I, I kind of go back and forth on this as it relates to Kirk Cousins and whether or not I look at it as a sign of strength or weakness. You know, I, I think it's a very, very interesting. I, you know what? The more I think about it, it's kind of gutsy, you know, for him to come out a couple days after the game and to publicly apologize like he did. I guess I'm going to go more sign of strength. I think you can go either way. Certainly there are quarterbacks that I felt like, you know, would that were great quarterbacks that would never do something like this. They would never say this. They would never publicly apologize to a receiver. They might say something privately to him, 
Or they might say, hey, you know what, Thielen? Shut the hell up. I'll give you a warm cup of shut the hell up. I won't throw you the ball once. You don't ever sell me out like you did after the game. There are certain quarterbacks that I think would do that. You know, you look at some of the NFL films videos over the years where Dan, like Kellen Winslow says something to Dan Fouts and Dan Fouts is like, you shut up. I'll throw who I want to throw to. Like, I kind of like that. Like, there's part of that alpha male quarterback that I really like. Like, I'll throw it who I want to throw to. You get your ass open. I'll do the best I can. So I don't know. Is maybe Kirk Cousins more new age, or is this a sign of weakness? I could go either way on this one, Dave. I feel like it is a lack of confidence because at least the quarterback we saw for several years in Washington seemed like, yes, he wasn't a guy who was the was likely to lead your team to a Super Bowl title, but certainly a capable quarterback, to say the least. A guy that no one was really ripping them for giving out this kind of money because a lot of teams wanted to pay Kirk Cousins. He threw for 9,000 yards from 2015 to 16, 54 touchdowns, a guy that was winning football games. And again, a lot of teams would have paid him. My question to you is, What do you do now if you are this Minnesota franchise and you have committed a a totally guaranteed deal to a guy you know cannot get you where you need to be? What do you do? Do you move on from him and just eat the money? Way too much for an organization to eat. So what do you do if you're Minnesota? Well, yeah, they're not going to eat the money. So... You either design the offense more around what makes him comfortable so that he can have some more success. And if you remember, Dave, last year, I remember that Green Bay game. They ended up tying the game at Green Bay. He was awesome in that game. He was awesome. How about the Thursday nighter against the Rams where Cousins made great throw after great throw? I mean, there's a reason why Diggs and Thielen had the years they had last year. So I, I, I don't think – I think it's a little early to wave the white towel on, on Cousins. Obviously, he did not play great at Green Bay or at Chicago. But part of this, I wonder it's, – it's weird. I saw a great tweet about all the money. I think it was from Michael David Smith from Pro Football Talk. All the money that they are paying Kirk Cousins, Stephon Diggs, and Adam Thielen – Yet it's very clear they want to be a run-first, run-based team. It's like, it's one of the things I don't appreciate and I don't like when it feels like the entire organization and franchise team is not aligned. When it feels like the left hand is not talking to the right. And we've seen that a number of times with different franchises. I think on some level that's going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Jalen Ramsey right now. But it certainly appears that that's the case in Minnesota. Because if you have a dynamic pair of receivers, and they do, and an $84 million fully guaranteed quarterback like they do, it's kind of weird to have the foundation of the offense be running the football, no matter how you know well Dalvin Cook's playing, no matter how good he is. It just doesn't, it just doesn't seem to fit. And plus... You know, any of the analytics will tell you you're going to score more points and move the ball more effectively through the air than you are on the ground. 
And we're going to find out in the next six weeks who they are. This week they go out the Giants, and they've got to find a way to win that football game regardless of how Kirk Cousins plays. But after that, it gets tough. They're going to have to play Philly, Detroit, an easy one against Washington, then Kansas City and Dallas. That's the next five weeks. A very tough road ahead for Kirk Cousins, and you know they are going to be seeing loaded boxes every week, stopping Dalvin Cook, making Kirk Cousins beat him. So the question is, what happened with Kirk Cousins, or was he always this guy? We asked Steve Palazzolo from Pro Football Focus what he's seeing in the Vikings quarterback this season. So Cousins has always been this classic case of compare when you compare PFF grades to stats, Cousins always seems to got to be the guy that looks better statistically. And we saw that on Sunday. I tweeted out like the you know he came out of that game with a 91.6 passer rating. I mean, if you watch that game, you're like, okay, they can't move the ball. He's fumbling in the pocket. This team can do nothing offensively, but he hit a fourth down go ball, which was nice, but that was pretty much it for him. And he still managed a 91.6 passer rating. To me, that's kind of like summed up Kirk Cousins' career. This inefficient game that still, by the end of it, might look good statistically. So he's got four, uh, three or four finishes uh, in the top 10 in passer rating in his career, but only one top 10 finish in PFF grade. So again, I think our context on a play-by-play basis says um, he's probably not as good as the stats have shown through the years, but if you just look at the statistics, you're like, hey, I can talk myself into this guy. He does have this ability to just not um, step up, the opposite of what I just described in Flacco, the, the not stepping up in road games at Chicago, at Green Bay. I always joke that those are the games that the Vikings were paying for, right? To go into Green Bay, to go into Chicago, and those have been his uh, by far his worst games uh, throughout his career. So I think ultimately Cousins is going to start, you know, maybe beating up on some bad teams. Maybe this week against the Giants, he throws four touchdowns before you know it. You're like, hey, look, he's eighth in passer rating again. How bad could he be? Uh, but there is something to Cousins in these big games, road games against good teams. Um, he just, there's just something missing there. And I think we saw that again on Sunday. Look it up. What is it? Is there a stat that can define that? And indeed there is. Kirk Cousins in his career, 5-27 and 27 against football teams with a winning record. Is that something the Minnesota Vikings missed in their evaluation, Ross? No, I don't think so. I never like stats like that because almost everybody, like he's a 500 quarterback for his career. We know that. So, of course, if you're a 500 quarterback for your career, you're not going to have a great record against winning teams, right? I mean, it's like Matthew Stafford. They always throw that out there with Matthew Stafford. Okay. I would also say to you this, though. When he was in Washington, how many really good teams was he on? Right? I mean, they they really weren't that great around him when he was with the Redskins. I think you could argue he elevated them or at least wasn't to the detriment of those 500 teams, including one was a a division winner. Now I think with the Vikings is a little bit different. I think the Vikings have a pretty good team. And if back-to-back years, he's not able to get them to the playoffs, I think that that is on him. Whereas I think on some level, he kept the, the Redskins afloat even though they had his awful contract situation hanging over his head throughout, I think for the Vikings, you know, and this is one of the things where it's like, careful what you wish for, right, Dave? He went to a situation 
where they were coming off an NFC championship appearance. He knew that it was really Super Bowl or bust. That's why a lot of coaches want to go places where the team was 0-16, 1-15. A lot of it's entry point and expectations. You go to and, and this is life. You go somewhere where they've got really low expectations and you exceed them, you're a hero. You go somewhere where they've got really high expectations and you're not able to meet them, you are a zero. Right now, Kirk Cousins is the latter. He went somewhere with really high expectations. He could have gone to the Jets for over $30 million fully guaranteed per year. He knew they weren't a very good team. He didn't want to do that. I don't I don't argue with him. Like he wanted to go to a Minnesota, he wanted to go to a better team. No issue with that. But if he went to the Jets and got him 500 when they were awful, people would be singing his praises right now. But if you're the Vikings and you can't get him in the playoffs after they win the NFC Championship game, people are going to criticize you, and rightfully so. And rightfully so, because that's that's what confuses me a bit here, is he had literally no weapons in Washington and still managed to put up some pretty decent passing numbers. Can't do it now with arguably the best receiving combination in the league, or at least in that top three. But it's going to be a long year unless they can figure it out in the next five weeks Find a way to instill some confidence in Kirk Cousins because you can't win football games with the QB throwing it 10 times or throwing it the way Mason Rudolph did right at or near the line of scrimmage. You're going to have to stretch the field like Gardner Minshew does. And Steve Palazzolo told us all about that. No one's throwing the deep ball better than Minshew mania right now. Did you, did you take a us. stand well, yet, Dave? I, I know we're closing yeah. the show. Did you take a stand on whether or not it was a sign of strength or weakness? Because I'm running a poll on Twitter, mm -hmm. at Ross Tucker NFL. He's at Dave Briggs TV. We're at RDC Home and Home. Tomorrow, we will give the results of the poll. I'm very curious. Here's what will happen. Weakness yep. will win because people don't like Kirk Cousins and they think he sucks. So that will skew people's ability to objectively respond to that vote. Don't you think? Well, I'm going to vote right now on Ross Tucker NFL because as a former high school quarterback was my glory days. No, I'm not apologizing. Uh, it, it just feels like a, a sign of weakness. I need my team to respect me. I, I guess you can show that you're human, but I don't want to see you apologizing, man. I want you to tell me that you're just going to be better. We'll discuss this tomorrow as well as talk to Brad Evans about fantasy football and some very interesting reporting on david ortiz on why he may have been shot in the dominican republic that's tomorrow on home and home thanks for being here we'll see you tomorrow t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.